This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid-80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, co-hosted with me. Today is Jan Shanaeus. This episode, we are going to be breaking down the 1-1 draw for Fulham against Brentford on Saturday. It was a disappointing result, and we're going to talk about it now. Uh, this is going to be a video and also be an audio podcast. But right now, if you're watching us, you're going to see Mr. Janaeus with all of his shirts in the background. Giannis, how you doing? I'm great. J- proof positive that I have a face for radio. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Are you feeling any better from Saturday? Are you still feeling pretty bad? Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but I'm okay. I'm okay. You know what? I'm, I would take the point. Twenty-one unbeaten. Just, just the manner of the the manner of the way they came back was was disappointing. But uh, I still think there's some twists, Russ, and uh, I'm going to play with that. And um, I'm hopeful we're going to get a victory at uh, the Den on Saturday. Okay, excellent, my friend. All right, let me go right to you. Just give me your opening thoughts on the 1-1 draw, and then I will share mine. Um, Brentford played well. Brentford played well. They set up 4-5-1, um, had the high press closed us down. 
we looked nervous and edgy the first 20-25. Um, they were the better side in the first half. Betts made a couple of really good saves. Second half, we certainly improved. Got the goal through Mitro through Route 1, which was excellent. But then, you know, we had the, an inability, inability to hold, uh, hold the lead. So that was disappointing. But, um, you know, we've got three games, winnable games coming up. And um, I've got to give credit to Brent Fodder as much as I don't want to. It sounds good. Brent Fodder. But um, we got the point and that's all that matters. And uh, we just uh, look ahead to Millwall. And uh, you know what? Um, we lick off our wounds and then we move forward. Absolutely, my friend. And uh, the one thing that stood out for me uh, really about this match, I want to give credit to Brentford. You've already done that. That's the way I'm looking at it. And the one thing that really concerned me is the style of play affected us because this was a matchup issue for me. This is a team that can play football with us. They have the personnel that can do it. They have the system that they can use to basically play against us. So Brentford were always going to be an issue for me more than Millwall. I was always fearful of this one because I remember last season – at Craven College, it was very difficult. All the matches have been difficult against Brentford. They have a good coach. They have players that can play the system to play against us. So this yeah. is going to be difficult. The one thing that really concerned me was the high press early on. And Giannis, uh, I'm just going to ask you about this because I think it's a factor moving forward. The goal that Fulham got came from basically Route 1. It was a, a kick to Mitrovic. He then heads it to Johansson, and Johansson eventually gets it back to, to Mitrovic, and we score. But the beginning stages of this match were them high-pressing us, and it looked like the Reading playoff match again. My question to you is, shouldn't we be mixing it up a little bit more than we did? Because it obviously worked in the second half. Maybe they should have done it a little bit more because I'm not asking for Route 1 all the time. I'm asking for them to sometimes use it to break down all this pressure. Yeah. Well, Slava's a, Slava's a purist, isn't he? He wants us to play good football, and I think he's reluctant to use the long ball, but we've got somebody in holding the ball off. It's a secret weapon. Um, I don't think he wants... I, I think he's reluctant to use it, but I, think, but I, I believe that um, we should have got a better result out of it or created more chances had we moved the ball a little quicker when we were passing through the thirds. I don't think we, I don't think we did that. It's sort of ironic that we opened them up like butter. We sliced them because of that long ball. But um, we had difficulty breaking them down, Russell, afternoon. And that was because they nullified our best players. Yep. They closed space down really, really well. And um, they were deserving of the point, even though the equaliser was questionable. But um, there were a couple of even up calls in the game. So sure. in the end, it's sort of ironic it ended up as a 1-1 draw. Sure. And... Yes, you know, as a coach, you've said this to me before, so let's talk about it again. The high press can be beaten. Obviously, we can do it the route one way, but is this more to do with full moving the ball quicker? You've said this to me before, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I don't think we played enough combinations through the thirds. I don't know. And Kenny didn't have a particularly good game because he was nullified a lot of the times, but I felt he, his passing wasn't quick enough. And uh, against a team like that, you've got to look at the overlapping runs. You've got to do small, small combinations, um, quick touches. And it really wasn't – it was a bit ponderous, Russ, especially first half. We didn't really look like we were going to break them down. And they had chances. But second half, we created a little bit more. But um, we looked edgy and we looked nervous and we looked a little bit slow. And um, 
you know. But then, it, to be fair, it's it's a measure of our bre- the, the fodder plate, but also the fact that we suddenly realised we were in second place. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Giannis, because it felt like they were feeling this pressure. And when you're the hunted, it's different than being the hunter. And I didn't think it would get to them, but it seemed like it to me. Yeah, it's uh, my friend, Mr. Bellend, Neil, Neil Warnock, said that last week. I hate to say this, he's got a point. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the, now they're back in the driver's seat. They're going to feel some pressure coming on there. And uh, we could feel it in front of our fans. The longer the, the game stayed in the more nervy, you could sense it a little bit nervous. And, um, but I thought it settled down after we took the lead, but Brentford kept coming and I thought, and it was just, I, a couple of minutes before I had a bad, a bad feeling that something was going to go wrong. So it was, in a way, it was very Fulhamish. I know that's, yeah. a, that, that's a term that likes to get banded about, Fulhamish. <laughs> but it is Fulhamish, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's typical, it's halfway in between, but... Uh, I'll take the point. 21 unbeaten is a ridiculous yeah. record. And, um, you know, cre- credit to the lads for toughing this one out and uh, credit to, to, to Brent Fodder for coming back in the game. Yeah, listen, we have to give them credit and uh, they can have their FA Cup final. I mean, 1-1 draw is a 1-1 draw. They didn't win the match. That's no. the only thing coming out of this. You, you would have felt like, you know, if you went on Twitter and social media that, that they won this match, but just got a draw, Giannis. And it's funny because they needed to win as badly as Fulham did. So what did they gain? They, they gained the same thing as Fulham did. Well, they've got to be more excited about the, the draw than, than going, going, going home to Brentford. I mean, if you've ever been to <laughs> Brentford, you know, I'll, I'll cheerfully say that it's a shithole. And, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a little club off the M4 and, uh, and frankly... Some of their supporters probably deserve to stand on the M4. The trucks going towards them. Um, small market club, small market mentality. Yep. Very, very good coach in Dean Smith. Yes. Very good players. They punch above their weight, much like Millwall have done. Um, they're, they're, the fans are completely and utterly delusional. Um, but uh, nothing that therapy could. Um, they've got the point. Yep. I can say London derbies are, are notorious for, for creating... You know these these ridiculous score lines because you know you have to throw the form you throw the form out of the window because uh, the little guns always seem to have a, a way of um, rising up um, and uh, but some you know some but it's a good matchup for us the fodder they they make things tough and they shouldn't do but they do and um, it's funny how we can beat Wolves and Derby County and and, and Cardiff and. And what and whatnot, and yet we, we struggle against a team like Brentford, who really should be in the top six, but unfortunately are not very consistent. No, very good point there, my friend. All right, let's move on. Let's now uh, look at the starting eleven and the eighteen overall. I'm, I'll just mention the only thing that stands out to me: the question. And uh, I understand it because uh, I happen to like Lucas Payson, but that was my only question because you have different options there that you could have gone with, you could have gone with Cabano, but he decides to go with Lucas Piazon. That was the one question I had on the starting 11. Your thoughts? Where was Darren Bent? <laughs> Didn't see him, man. Um, I like Piazon. Uh, you're going to play him in a home game, that's fine. He's probably the only one I'd object to, maybe some may say callous. Um, 
but you know, and I've said to you before that uh, you know I wouldn't mind giving Christie a little bit of a run out wide. Right. But we've got players that can play. The Piazza's a pretty reliable player. They had the sort of lineup I expected with the four-five-one. You know, Josh McKechnie said earlier might have started, but they've got a good side there. And um, you know, from our perspective, I look at our lineup and go, yeah, you know, we should be able to we should be able to knock them off. But um, one of the things about Craven Cottage is we don't have the biggest field in the championship. So it's not as difficult in terms of playing the high press. It's like, you know, small-sided games, you have, to, you have to pass the ball quickly. And with a formation where they flood the midfield, that was going to be the route. I thought we were going to break them down. We just didn't do it. Yeah. Didn't do it. And Kearney, you know, didn't have one of his better games. And uh, we scored the goal through by direct play. But I'm sure Slava quietly doesn't want that. He wants us to be able to play the purest way. And I've got to give him credit. He's coached these lads to play the right way. But occasionally you do it, you're right, you have to mix it up to create right. young score goals. And we just, there wasn't a lot of it, unfortunately. Right. And, and listen, Yas, that's what I said to you before. You know, I follow the New England Patriots and they have this short passing game in American football that's really excellent. But teams can figure out a way to take it away. So what do you have to do? You have to go long. You have to open up the field. And that's why I think sometimes you need to be able to do a couple different things. Yes, Route 1 is not what he wants to do, but it then opens everything else up. Once you do that and you score the goal, hey, Giannis, the match changed at that point. So it, it definitely yeah, worked. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way I'm looking at Listen, he's the coach. I'm just a supporter. But I just see it as why not every once in a while, it doesn't have to be every other, that you let Marcus just mm -hmm. kick it to Mitrovic. You have this weapon there that can hold the ball up. Take advantage of it, Jans. But we're not just Fulham fans. This is cottage talk. This is the greatest talk show in the world. We, it is, you know, we should be getting listeners and viewers of hundreds of millions. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that if Roseanne Barr can have a, a comeback show, <laughs> somebody as talentless as her shouldn't even, anyway, um, then I think there's lots of hope for us. No, you know what? We're informed Fulham fans and we love, our, we love our club. I do think that, I do see the value of mixing the play up. You know, he's going to look at the game tape, Slava, and say, okay, could we have done anything differently? Millwall are going to certainly do a high press, but not be as effective, I don't think. So right. I think... Um, you know, he, he won't, um, you know, he'll, he's pretty pragmatic and he's pretty um, ebullient. So he'll, uh, he doesn't get too high when, he's, when we win and he doesn't get too low when we lose. So he'll see it for what it is. It was an opportunity lost, but now we're chasing and maybe some of the pressure is off us. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that's all right. Let's talk about the first half. We'll just go through it. And the first thing that stands out to me, because we're talking about the high press, is the opportunity from Joseph Spoon earlier on very early in this match and uh nice save by Marcus Bettinelli, but this was from a mistake from Tim Ream, who's been extremely reliable, but this looked like nervy play for me from the defense in general. They look nervous. And then of course you have the turnover there and Joseph Foon gets off a good shot, but Marcus Bettinelli, who I think was the man of the match, I believe he was the man of the yeah. match on fullmfc.com makes a great save. Yes, but this was typical of what was going on early on. Yeah, we did look edgy and we did look nervous. Um, I have to laugh because, uh, you know, I'd said it, you, you know, I'd said it um, about bringing bets back 
and, and you know this incredible run has coincided with Bettinelli back. It's crazy. Um, it, you it, called it this. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's just the notion of, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you an example um, of where the value of the goalkeeper really comes into play. Um, we had a game, our team were down in Cincinnati for the Showcase Tournament. There was a game where um, I had a guy, our goalkeeper, because I thought, you know, the ball was going for goal kick, she was dwelling. Dwelling on the ball in terms of distribution, and I felt... She wasn't, you know, handling crosses. She was playing nervous. Well, if you've got a confident keeper as a defender, you're a confident defender. But if you're, you keep looking over your shoulder and you're not so sure what's going to happen next, it plays in defenders' minds. And the difference between Betts and Button is, in, in, in terms of confidence, is seismic. I think he's made a massive, massive difference. Yeah. And, and what he's done is he's made – it's not the saves he makes, it's when he makes the saves. The timing's been brilliant. He's, it was a brilliant – a brilliant save and in more games than I can think of he's really he's kept us in the game he has and, and uh, what's great been, about him Giannis, a- is that he's really is a shot stopper I mean that's what he's I mean yeah. he really I'm not saying that David Button didn't do a nice job perform but there's a different level and I think I agree with you I think it comes down to confidence yeah I absolutely agree um I think he's um I think he's I mean it just it, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a tough one um, for sure. But, you, you know, it's, the, the players will say the right things. But the value of a good goalkeeper who does the simple things well is everything. Yeah. And uh, position play, communication, uh, um, you know, way handles crosses, awareness. It's key. And um, he's been magnificent. And Button, you know, might consider himself unlucky, but I think Slava got the rabbit's foot out for this one. Yeah. Sometimes coaching's about gut. You know, you know well enough as, as a New England Patriots supporter, the Bill Belichick um, will from time to time use gut, and he's usually right. Right. So, and that comes with experience. And I think Slava just thought, you know what, let's change this. It's not that. Betts was necessarily going to do anything better, but just he would provide them with more confidence. And it's, and it's worked that way. And uh, he saved our bacon the first time. He definitely did, Giannis. And uh, let's now just – I'll just mention quickly uh, a great opportunity from Fulham set up beautifully. Ryan Sessegnon's shot beautifully, like I mentioned, from Mitrovic, just, just set him up beautifully there. And uh, nice save by Bentley. Uh, so that was a really good opportunity in the first half from Fulham. And uh, then, again, we have some opportunities from Brentford we have to talk about. Another save by Marcus Bettinelli on a free kick from a header from Barbe. We have that. And then, Giannis, I have to talk about a little controversy. I'm sure the Brentford supporters are talking about this. It's a free kick. And I'm just going to ask you outright. I watched it several times. Stefan Johansson's arms go up. It looked like to protect his face. The ball seems to hit his arm. So I'm asking you, should this have been a penalty? Well, I mean, it, it, um, if it was, if we'd appealed for the penalty, I'd have been disappointed how we not got it. I'm sure this was a, this was, um, a lot of fodder for the Brent, Brent fodder fans who probably went home and had a piece of toast and the capsules of cod liver oil. Um, because that's about all they're going to have. Um, it was, 
you know, it was, it was a hometown call at the yeah. right time. But I think, you know, I think you earn that. I really do. I think, you know, if you're Burton Albion or Sunderland, I hate to say it, but you know, those marginal calls you're not going to get. And um, we're on this ridiculous run. And um, uh, I'd have personally given it. But then, then having said that, um, the ref gave an even up call. I thought they got um, because yeah. I, I felt that was offside. But um, I yeah. thought he had a decent game for the ref. But um, you, know, you know what I've said before, never mind a bad ref providing he or she is consistent. Exactly. Um, I just think he probably thought it was, um, it was ball ball to hand I think it's a, a tough call because he's protecting his face but the arm is definitely there so okay. I'm glad we didn't I'm glad that call wasn't called it wasn't called against us though right and we could talk about what happened at the very end when we get to the second half because I think that was a makeup call uh, honestly what we talk about that in hockey all the time the makeup calls to even things out because that looked like offside to me but we could talk about this as well and there was yeah. an offside call on uh, Brentford that they'll be talking about as well. So there, there are definitely some controversial moments with this match, but I just wanted to talk about it to be sure. fair. And Giannis, I, I think we both talked about this off air, that we were both happy to go in the half with it being no score. Yeah, we were fortunate. We were, we were second best. Okay. We were second best first half, and uh, we played nervous, and we didn't look like the team that was second. So... Um, it's funny, isn't it funny how pressure plays on the mind? You know, what, what makes great teams? It's, it's the, you know, in any sport, it's the ability to respond to adversity and pressure. Absolutely. And, um, and that takes a lot. Now, to get to, to be 21 games unbeaten has taken an enormous amount of resilience. And this was another test of the resilience. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe, maybe the you know, maybe the players. I don't know if they enact this as a rule, but maybe get the players not to read the media, not to read, yep. look at social media, um, and avoid it all, and just you know, go in your little cocoon, your little microcosm, so that when you go out on the Saturday, you could go out to play the game without knowing all the hullabaloo in the background. Yep, and. Um, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, I've read a few biographies and, you know, one of my all-time favorite, obviously, Brian Clough. And Clough, used to do that, so tell his players, look, don't read the newspapers, don't listen to the radio, um, just go out and play. Um, yep. And he had some odd things like, you know, buying a few drinks for the boys the night before a game. But his thing was the focus should be on the game and not uh, external, you know, uh, stuff. I mean, if they read... If the players read the stuff that's on Championship Banter, for example, as an example, it'd probably upset them. So um, maybe they, there was a little bit of that, and you know, it was a, you know, brewing up the rivalry. And I don't really, to me, uh, Brentford's biggest rival is us. Right. Our, our biggest rival is Chelsea. You know, right. It's, you know, it's, you know uh, Brentford are sort of like, you know, if we got, oh, we got to play them. Do we have to? Um, they're just an afterthought, really. So um, good for them for getting the point, but we're in a playoff spot, and we are in the playoffs. And at the moment, they're not. So we're right. in a better position than them. It's not, you know, who won the it's, yeah, who won the battle, who won the war. Sure. And if we do get promoted, then we can just laugh at the bees as we as we. As, as we... Well, honestly, Yanis, like I said to you, that uh, 
I've heard, you know, I've seen so much on social media from Brentford supporters and uh, treating this like they've won a World Cup, like like you said to me off air. And uh, I just think uh, it just shows ambition. It shows their ambition is to be Fulham. Fulham's ambition is to get promoted. And Fulham's amb- ambition yeah, is really to play Chelsea, like you just mentioned. It just shows the differences. They have what's important to them. We have what's important to us. They just happen to be different. But getting back to talking about the pressure, this goes back to you were mentioning Belichick, and I can talk a little so much about Belichick. This is where mm-hmm. Belichick and Savisa are on the same page, one match at a time. And there's a reason for it, because you just talked about the pressure, not succumbing to the pressure by looking over your shoulder, looking at what you can't control, which is Cardiff City. You can't control what's going on there. You can only control what's in front of you, the match, the pressure. Now you, going into that, were the hunted instead of the hunter, and – Maybe they felt a little bit, bit of pressure. But one other thing I want to mention, and then we'll talk about the second half, is uh, I've had a few people uh, contact me and, and say that the players look tired, Giannis. And I'll just ask you, do you think this 21-game unbeaten run has taken a toll? No, I, I, don't, I, I don't believe they were tired. I just thought they were tight. Tight, I, okay. I, just, I mean, nerves, nerves, nerves create heavy legs. Okay. Great, um, great so you think this is psychological? Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I do. We looked, and I've said it before. You know, we drew with the ha-has. We we've drawn with you know we drew with the fodder. Both home games. One we're two goals up. One, you know, we're goal up going four minutes into the injury time, and yet you know we blow it. And uh, London derbies, local derbies, are like that. I mean, it just it's around the world wherever you go. There's you know the the expectations and really builds up the hype and it just was what it is and um, usually you find that um, the underdog will try and cause an upset and they'll make it they won't roll over like a cat and die they'll 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 put a good shift in and to be fair to the fodder they did it um, yeah. at our expense but I don't I, I don't think it's a negative because I think you know Cardiff are in the driver's seat but they've got some difficult games coming up and sure. um, I'm, I'm certainly confident that uh, Slava will get the boys ready. Okay, excellent. Yeah, sorry. Right, let's talk this about the second half. And uh, Fulham definitely played better in the second half and uh, got their legs and, and started putting a little bit of pressure on Brentford. But again, it was a back and forth match. And then it really comes down to, like I mentioned, a Route One situation. But it worked, and uh, it led to this was a, a kick from Bettinelli to. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, and then Mitrovic heads it to Stefan Johansson, and he gets it back to Mitrovic, and he takes it. This is a wonderful goal, Yeah, Let's talk about the goal. Brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. And it's funny, Russ, um, we had a week. We had a week of heavenly goals. Um, the Lee Evans goal um, for Sheffield United, the, the Nevers goal um, for Wolves, the Jack Grealish goal for Villa against Cardiff. Absolute worldies when you just go, you get one of them, but you see three of them in a week. This wasn't like that, but the setup was so fluid because the passing was so quick. But the, the route one really outdid them, and it is one way of, 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 of uh, cutting the press, you know, slicing the press. Johansson's been brilliant the last dozen games or so. Yep. Mitrovic has been an absolute revelation. It was a very good finish, 
And uh, Mitra had done his job in terms of beating them up, you know, the, the defenders, and he will do that. But Fulham is a team that I think is designed to really open you up in the last 20 minutes. They're not going to necessarily take a lead in the first 10, 15, but they'll get you the last 20. Um, because the passing and the possession, you know, starts to multiply and you're chasing shadows. And then the last 20, 25, and you're, you're running, out of, running out of gas. It was a lovely goal. And, um, you know, it was, I think you could sense the relief around the cottage. But then the, the fodder weren't going to die. They weren't going to roll over and die. It's their cup final. They didn't want to go back home losing to us. And they found a way. And they found a way. And it was, it was heartbreaking when it happened. But I think, you know, it's, um, had it been a win, it, can, it could create a false dawn as well. You know, it's just the false impression that you're better than you really think you are. And when you win, you never are. So it was, uh, it was a somber moment for us. But, but uh, we'll learn from it, hopefully, and, and move forward with it. Absolutely, Anis. And uh, before the goal, let's talk about uh, the situation with uh, Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney had a wonderful chance to score and uh, set up by Ryan Session. If he scores it, Yanis, the match is over. It's just inches. But it just showed that we were just not quite all the way there because uh, – you know, that was a decent opportunity. There weren't enough of those, Giannis, uh, enough of opportunities to score. The stats back that up. And that's just the bottom line. Yeah, I thought the way we were going to probably open them up was going to be through a set piece. Um, and again, you've got to give the fodder some credit. Kearney should have finished that. But have we created enough chances in the day? Probably not. Um, they've had more shots than us. And they'd had a good first half. And I suppose... Their fans would go, wow, we probably deserved a point out of it. When it came, it was, it was a tough, tough time. And, 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 you know, there's a question mark in terms of whether it was offside or not. But then, you know, as you said earlier, it's, it's probably an even-up call. And you don't like that. Um, but you want to get the decision right. But, you know, it was, um, it was a tough call. But I don't, think, I don't think we'll be too down about it. You know, the, the, the players were saying all the right things after the game. Slav has probably gone back in and said, okay, we've, we've blown that, but we can't turn the clock now. And we've just got to move ahead. And we've got Millwall. We've got a difficult game coming up. And let's go down there and let's go down to the, the, the new den and get three points. Okay. Fantastic there, my friend. All right. Let's wrap this up with just getting your man of the match. Uh, for me, the man of the match is going to be Marcus Badinelli. I, I can't go wrong there. thought he was uh, excellent in this match. Your thoughts? Of who you who was your man of the match? Well, I thought Mick McCarthy was absolutely brilliant. Bloody marvelous. Um, Betts saved our bacon. Um, magnificent. Just and he's a, you know he's he's a play got a root for and he's you know he's he's done a fantastic job since coming. He's been such a huge part of this run. And you know, regardless of what happens in this season, we're never going to forget this. Twenty-one games on beating is 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 is, is ridiculous and. Uh, he made key, key saves at key times, and um, he saved us Saturday. So, for me, it's bets. Okay, excellent, Giannis. One final topic. Almost forgot to talk about this. Just thought about it. We have to get a rating from you for, for uh, Savisa. And there was a controversial decision with a substitution. He yeah. brought in Niskin's Cabano, Giannis, which I thought was a, a good move. He then takes him off later on. So I'm curious what your rating's going to be for Savisa and also his decision here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to give him six and a half for this. Um, 
uh, it's very rare that you see a sub come on and get subbed. And I don't know if there was an injury issue there. It was, it was odd. And just thinking about the player, it's not like it's amateur soccer where players are subbed on and off, on and off. This is going to be maybe a bit of damage limitation because it would have been a little embarrassing for the lad. He's a young lad. And uh, it would have been tough, especially at home. But, you know. Uh, I don't. I don't understand his thinking. To be honest, I, I don't understand why he did it. Um, I understand him bringing him on, but if you bring him on, keep him on. But that's yeah. It was a bit odd. I think he'd been uh, drinking the Serbian juice or something. Okay, excellent, there, my friend. All right. Well, listen. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Giannis. I really appreciate it. It has been an absolute joy and pleasure. And as you can see behind me, I've got my in my office. I have my Fulham shrine. Yep. And um, unfortunately, I'm in a school where, you know, often these people don't know anything. So they are, you know, but why don't you have Ch- Chelsea shirts? Why don't I have Chelsea shirts? How dare you, you dirty hippie. Don't come in my office. About stupid teams. This is a Fulham line. Oh, and you know what? I've even got Fulham bears with you for here. So as you can see, this is my original bear, which is Philip. This is Ivor after Gordon Davis. Um, this is uh, Rodney after Rodney Marsh. Okay. This is George after George Best. I have a monkey who I call Zamora. There he is. And then I've got a bear named Andy after Andy Johnson. And finally, of course, the original, I've got Billy the Badger. Okay, excellent. So this is fine here. And people come in and the students come in and they laugh. But as I tell them, supporting Fulham is a religion, and it's a, it's a religion for life. And we love our team through thick and thin, thin and God knows we've had enough thin times, but it's wonderful. And uh, I get a lot of laughter uh, and joy showing students and staff around the office, because I've got about 20 jerseys here. And last week we had, um, I don't know if you knew about, there was a, a very serious hockey um, a crash, a bus crash in yeah. Western Canada where 16 hockey players lost their lives. And uh, last week we did um, shirt day. Everybody wore hockey, hockey jerseys, football jerseys. And um, some of the staff members actually came in and borrowed some of my shirts. So we had about a dozen teachers donning Fulham jerseys. Oh, that's great. As it should be. Go you Absolutely, Alice. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this show, but let's wrap it up. For Yash and Ass, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening and watching Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Meet Allison, teammate at Truist Bank. Hi. She was born to care, and she always had your back. You could say that. Like that time back in the mid-80s when she spotted Stacy Kaminsky with her new perm, and a car was coming, about to hit a puddle. So Allison jumps in front of the splash, just in time to protect Stacy's fresh curls. Look, I had to do it. A wet perm just doesn't work. Today, Allison's a teammate at Truist, the bank that starts with care. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Learn more at truist.com care. Truist Bank, member FDIC. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.